And last but not least, um, uh, Kim Elliott is, uh, will be our last discussant. Uh, Kim is a fellow with the Center for Global Development and author or core and co-author of numerous books and articles on trade policy and globalization, economic sanctions, and food security. Um, uh, Kim had her own book launch just last year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on, um, uh, uh, with a book called Global Agriculture and the American Farmer, Opportunities for U.S. Leadership. I recommend people to look that up on the uh, uh, CGD website. Uh, it considers some of the inconsistencies in, in U.S. foreign policy and U.S. trade policy, and I think makes some point, very good points on that uh, in that regard. Kim worked for several years at the Peterson Institute and, and wrote extensively on trade topics, uh, including a book that was near and dear to my heart, Delivering on Doha, Farm Trade and the Poor, which was uh, uh, actually got a, when we were negotiating uh, uh, the Doha agreement back in the early 2000s, got a, a lot of, lot of playing, got passed around a lot. So Kim, if you would. Thank you, Joe, very much for that introduction. And uh, let's see if I can. I want to uh, join David in, in congratulating the Joe and Vince and Barry and all of the Eric and the other authors of these really valuable uh, volumes. This is a, and I think they're going to be really useful resources in, in future Farm Bill debates. It's all, I, I was really, I enjoyed reading uh, what I was able to get through over the weekend. I think my, my enthusiasm was somewhat dampened, unlike David was trying, I'm glad he, he took the optimistic kind of road of the long arc of reform because I was reading the PowerPoints yesterday and reading some of the reports on the Farm Bill and getting completely depressed all over again. Because um, it does seem to me like this new farm bill, you know, I, I would probably interpret farm policy over a long arc as being maybe optimistically two steps forward, one back. This one seems like at least two back and one forward, but maybe that's just sort of the, the immediate reaction. But I was also, before I got the volumes from Joe last week, I was reading Danny Roderick's new book on straight talk about trade, I think it's called, and I'm, I, because I can't find my notes, I don't have the exact quote, but he, was, he had a chapter on the political economy of, of trade and of economics and how, and the role of vested interest and collective action problems and how sort of the depressing conclusion, if you take the political economy of, of trade and I think of agriculture literally, why do we bother? Because who's going to listen to us? If you take the you know, collective action problems and rent seeking and, and vested interests seriously. Um, and then he tries, he tries to be optimistic in his book and say, but ideas can make a difference. We can't just sort of fall into this trap of the vested interests are always going to win, so don't bother. Ideas are important. And that's where this book, I think, is, is a huge contribution and will continue to be. It really is state of the art. It is comprehensive. And it's going to be a great a resource over time. You know, again, having said that, looking at the most recent Farm Bill, it is a pretty depressing sort of where we are now is to seems to be very much stuck in a rut where that collective, where the political economy, where collective action problems that, you know, we have now a very small number of of uh, farmers and farm operations, as the book points out, that are collecting the vast majority of all of these subsidies, that makes it very easy for them to organize, to, to organize resources, to com campaign contributions, um, the way the Senate is set up, you know, favors rural areas over urban areas. And then we also see very clearly in this latest Farm Bill um, log rolling, which is something that um, the, the book, uh, David's book on political economy, you know, deals with very well how over the years 
the Farm Bill added uh, the food stamp program and then added conservation programs in order to broaden the network of groups that would lobby in favor of the Farm Bill. And I think we see that where you know, SNAP did not get uh, very strongly restricted. And on the other side, though, you did get these increased subsidies in a whole variety of ways that make no economic sense in terms of payments to farmers. So unfortunately, I think we're still in that, in that sort of political economy trap. And I tried to be optimistic and think, well, what are the forces that have contributed to reform over the years in the past? And unfortunately, I couldn't get much hope there either, because one was the trade negotiations. You know, Joe mentioned the Doha round. Well, that's been basically dead for a decade. So unfortunately, we not only don't have much prospect of new trade rules, we also have, for those of you following trade, the, the crisis with the appellate body at the WTO where there are no new appointments, which means at some point next year we're not going to be able to actually take disputes like Brazil did with the cotton subsidies to the WTO and put some constraints on subsidies through the dispute settlement part of the WTO. So trade doesn't look like much of a constraint. The other major constraint, I think, over the years in some places at some times has been the budget um, and having to, to, um, to, to reduce budget outlays. Unfortunately, at least at the current time in where um, U.S. politics are right now, nobody seems to care about budget deficits anymore either. So hopefully in the discussion, some of you will have some ideas about what, what are the mechanisms by which we can bring some of these great ideas that are in this, these two new volumes to actually bear on the policy process. Thanks.